This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blue Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern. My name's Matt and I'll be your host this evening and I'm pleased to be joined tonight by Andy. How are we doing, mate? Evening, mate. Are you okay? Yeah, all good. All good. Right, we'll uh, we'll jump straight into it. Obviously, plenty to go through this evening. Um, we're sitting navigating their way through two more away games over the last few days, making trips to Luton Town and then that familiar journey over to St. Andrews to take on Birmingham City. So, Andy, we'll obviously start with that Luton game on Wednesday night. Um, with the starting lineup, have been rumours of a potential shift to a flat back four. Obviously, defensively, it hasn't really clicked so far for us this campaign. Um, so obviously a few rumours going around that we might make a few changes, but ultimately Mr. Robbins is stuck with the back three. That's obviously served him well for the for the five years he's been back at the club. What were your thoughts? Is a flat back four something you'd be quite interested to see? Or are you happy for us to persevere with that uh, three centre-back option? Um, I can't see him changing it, um, to be honest, Matt. He... He's got wing backs, has he? He's been bid well. Dabo Kane, obviously, we could do with another left wing back, couldn't we? But, yeah. um, and I know we are a little bit light on centre halves, but the thing is, we don't, you know, if you're going to change the system, what do you change it to? You know, 4 3 3, we don't play with wingers. 4 4 2, we don't play with wingers. We haven't got wingers at the club, really, have we? Um, so, in my opinion, I would stick with the three. Um, I think it's a formation that Robbins loves. I don't think yeah. he will change it. Um, I would only change to a back four unless we didn't have three fits and a half to play. If that answers your question, yeah. yeah. I, I guess that's probably the question because with the sale of, of Haim, I think mm. people are a little yeah. bit maybe concerned with the with the depth that we have in that position. And potentially it sounds, like you say, a bit counterproductive to take somebody out of a defence that is struggling. Um, mm. You know, maybe you could stick somebody into, into the midfield areas. But... 
no, I, I completely agree. I think obviously it's not really likely that Mark Robbins is going to change here as long as he's got those those viable options. But another area of the pitch where we did see a few changes from the game before was obviously up front, where we saw the return yeah. of Jokeres and, and Godden, and it took mm. less than a minute for one of those guys to be heavily involved when a, with a golden opportunity, obviously, to open the scoring. Uh, long ball out of defence, and Jokeres initially, I thought, did quite well um, mm. to, to make his way in behind the defence of Luton Town, but ultimately he slashed his shot wide of the goal, didn't even force a save out of uh, all that in the in the Luton stick. So what you thought it's got to be scoring those, haven't you? You have. Um, like you said, I was I agree with you, Matt, that he really angled his body beautifully to get away from the player. Yeah. Um, he did everything right but finished, didn't he, Matt, really? Um, mm-hmm. He looked strong, um, but he just scuffed it a little bit and... Um, He's got to be hitting the target there, yeah. He's got to be pulling us one nil up there, yeah, definitely. And he knew that. You could see his reaction after the after he missed it. He was, you know, really annoyed with himself, wasn't he? So, you know, it was a bad miss, but maybe it came a little bit too early to him, didn't it? It was the really first, you know, first minute of the game, wasn't it? So it's perhaps he just snatched it a little bit. Interesting point, actually. It's not not something that I've thought of, but I certainly think it's a, a relevant factor. Obviously, it was pretty much straight from the off. So yeah. You know, maybe there is that element of um, you know needing to to ease himself into the game. Do you think actually is a maybe another point with Jokeres? You know, obviously a fantastic player. He's pushing twenty goals for the club last season, and you know, well on his way to potentially doing the same yeah. again this year. And an established international footballer now, but a bit of an instinctive footballer as well. You know, he's one of those if you give him a shot from twenty yards out, fifteen yards out with a defender in the way, he's, he's somebody you could see putting it in the back of the net but maybe I don't know any thoughts that he might be one of those who struggles if he's got a bit too much time to to think about things a lot of good strikers do don't they yeah. uh, when they've got time about it they miss don't they um so yeah there's probably a bit of heat to that um to that uh suggestion yeah I think a lot of good decent strikers if they do it instinctively they score and well, like anything in life if you, if you think too much about something you mess it up don't you Demat? yeah exactly a bit of a instinct of um nature taking over and yeah. it's obviously something that you know hopefully can can add to his game because we've seen a few of those examples already this mm. season but just to obviously compound that misery Luton obviously went straight up the other end of the pitch and, and grabbed the opener um on three minutes with Colton Morris slashing the ball past um Ben Wilson in the Coventry goal Thoughts on this one, Andy? Not obviously the best defensive moment for us again, and particularly uh, Fankati Dabo struggling with with his clearance. Yeah, shocking by Dabo. Yeah. It was awful. Uh, Sunday league stuff that was from uh, Dabo. It was just didn't deal with it, did he? He just yeah. threw a leg at it and then it fell to the lad. He did finish it really well, by the way. That was a great finish. Uh, flash past Wilson before he got he got he fingertips no chance, to it. He, Wilson, you know, yeah, he got he did well to get fingertips to he it. He did, yeah. And um, but no, dreadful by Dabble, just not clearing the lines. And like I say, got to be doing better than that. You know, that's just basic, um, basic, basic errors, which this season unfortunately has been our downfall, hasn't it? I was gonna say across the defence in general and, mm. and obviously we're, we're picking out Dabo in this occasion because it yeah. was one of his moments but um, does seem to be a bit of a trend unfortunately at the moment with just a little bit of a, a lack of concentration at the back end I think obviously what we're seeing in the championship compared to maybe League One and League Two you, you can't have those moments you will no. get punished and we've unfortunately seen that on 13 occasions already this season but um but yeah, a shame to see. But fortunately, City obviously kept that threat going down the other end. And um, there's that man, Giocarez, who was 
pivotal to most of the good things come in City's way. Obviously, we've mentioned that opportunity early on, which, as Andy mentioned, largely he's created himself. Another opportunity from a header just after the Luton goal, which he has forced to save, but probably could have done a little bit better. But eventually, and I say eventually, it came in the 11th minute, but eventually he has grabbed the equaliser and it's probably the the trickiest of the three chances. Give us a give us a little run through of the goal, Andy, and obviously more than anything, that unbelievable assist from Ben Sheaf. Yeah, pass of the season so far yeah. by Sheaf. It was if that's the Bruyne now, it's never getting mm. replayed. It's never going to be stopped being replayed, no. is it? It had some side check on it as well, didn't it? It was just absolutely beautiful. It was like doing a beautiful chip shot on the on the fairway of the, the St Andrews. It was just awesome how it just you know curled on the away, half it, volley the and curled away, and it was just yeah, yeah that that's above the level, Matt. Yeah, that that kind of ability. And he has got that in his locker. And um, fantastic, like I said, I don't think that will be beaten all season regarding assist-wise. Um, and Gokarez got onto it and finished really, really well. Like, we know he can. He did have a little bit less time to think about this one. The keeper came rushing over to him and he lifted it over him really well, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah no, very, very good goal. And uh, just what we needed at that time in the game because after going 1-0 down and the run we'd been on, we needed a tonic and, and that was the perfect one. It was indeed, but unfortunately, again, the defensive woes struck just four minutes later with uh, that man, Carlton Morris, grabbing a second to put Luton back in front at 2-1. Um, a little bit of credit, obviously, to Luton for the goal. It was particularly a nice through ball off out from, from Harry Cornick, um, met the run well of Morris, and, and it was well taken, probably semi-similar to the Giocares finish as well. But Andy, from a, a City perspective, more defensive woes, really. Yeah, it's fads this time, wasn't it? He, yeah. he, he like got eased off the ball and then he didn't react to the situation very well after doing that. I, I, you know, don't normally associate fads doing that. He's normally very aggressive. Yeah. He normally wins his duels very well. So a bit of out of character. He, I think he just got himself in a, a bit of a mess. And um, and then he was complaining after the goal went in that he got fouled, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It was just all, a little, again, individual error by fads and... Not something that you would relate to Fads. He's normally very good at those kind of things and he's win- he wins most of the duels he has. So a strange one from him. Um, but I will say, you know, after that, I thought the goal was pretty well taken, you know, yeah. after that situation. I thought the ball was pretty neat and the finish was good again. Um, but no, Fads has got to do better there and he, he knows that. Yeah. I think it kind of follows on that point in terms of you will get punished at this level. If you, yeah. if you step off for a second, you, you are going to see that quality because probably in League One and League Two, you could get away with that and probably don't concede a goal. But completely agree. It's, you know, I think we all will admit that Fads has got a mistake in him, unfortunately, but yeah, it's but generally not, not on the strength no, side no, of things. No, it's not. No, it's yeah. only someone running past him. <laughs> or a side ball or down the side. Or yeah. yeah, or yeah, <laughs> putting his gloves on towards the end of the game. But, but no, normally he's good at uh, his, his duels and he normally wins them really well. So I was surprised at that one. Was it was unfortunate, and obviously not what anybody would have wanted to have seen shortly after, with Robbins being forced into a change mm. on the half hour. Um, Michael Rose picking up at what we now know to be a groin injury, uh, which obviously saw an early introduction for Jonathan Panzo, who obviously got sixty minutes uh, of a run out of, of this game. So. Give us your thoughts on Panzo here. Obviously, he's kind of dissected some of the fan base. Obviously, a few people think he's maybe not been up to full speed. He obviously hasn't played regularly for Forest over the last season or so. Um, but there is a, obviously a good amount of the fan base who feel he should be 
one of the first names down on the, the team sheet and he, he did well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I don't quite understand why he's he got dropped. I know Doyle yeah. came in that time and he, he had a really good game against Preston, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but Panzo, for me, he, he's been good. Also. You know, he was really good first game of the season against Sunderland and, you know, he was really good in pre-season as well. Um, scored a few goals in pre-season, if, if I remember right. He but did, he's, did yeah. He's, yeah, he, he needs to be playing most weeks if he's fit. I don't quite understand what... I know Doyle came in and did really well against Preston, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I think the calibre of the player, you know... I think he needs to be playing most weeks, in my opinion. He's he's strong, gives you a bit of a presence, gives you that balance on the left hand side, um, which which we need, um, and he gives you that strength, doesn't he? And pace as well. He's good. He's quick as well. So, yeah, yeah he needs to he needs to be playing most weeks, in my opinion. I think we yeah. look stronger with him in the team or without him. I think without him, we've been leaking goals quite a lot. So I, I prefer him in the team. And no, no, you know, there's no. You know, the last couple of days, you know, he obviously played half a game against Luton and then he played against uh, Birmingham and we, we've conceded less goals, haven't we? So, yeah, that's yeah. right. We've uh, actually not conceded since he's mm. he took to the pitch as a first half substitute. And personally, would agree. I think if we're to do kind of well in a defensive manner, at least up until January, which is probably when we're likely to bring in any reinforcements, and it's likely that it's going to be on the basis of. Panzo and Doyle, I think, actually both stepping up by the looks of things at the yeah. moment. So, because Doyle shifted over to the right, didn't he? Did uh, yeah. Just, uh, he did pretty well there. So probably felt a bit more comfortable over that side. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think them two need to step up, and if they do, yeah, that would be a good uh, situation because they're two excellent players. They both played at England level as well, so um, they've got yeah. potential to be very good players. So Absolutely. yeah, I think we need to start playing them more than more than less. Yeah, if we can get them into the team and obviously get them up to speed it's only going to bring good things for the side and with the game going in at half time 2-1 to Luton but City did seem to come out in the second period with a bit between their teeth um, took it to Luton a bit but realistically without creating too many clear-cut chances I felt in the first 15-20 minutes of that second half um, which is potentially why Gustavo Hamer took it upon himself to take range from all of 35 yards out and uh, obviously we will now know the rest is history, produced an exquisite visit, a finish to, to Tyler scores at, at, to a piece. And I don't know how you feel, Andy. This, for me, felt like a timely reminder for, for Hamer in terms of reminding the fans and potentially some people within the club of what he can actually bring to the team. Yes, but he has been poor. Hmm. And Robbins is... You know, good management, that was, by Robbins, because he had a go at him. The uh, I think it was probably after one of the games mm-hmm. before the Luton game. And he had a go at him in, the, uh, in his aftermath press conference. And he was saying to uh, that he said that Heyman needs to step it up. He hasn't been good enough. And he doesn't normally out his players, Robbins, but he did with Heyman that, that week. And um, Heyman responded really well. Um, his goal was absolutely fantastic. He's got that in his locker and his all-round performance was good as well. And I just wish he would shoot more often, to be honest, because he's got that in his locker. A lot of the time, sometimes he he looks for that pass, or which he again has got in his locker as well. But yeah. he's got such a good shot on him. If he just uses it a little bit more, he'll score a lot more goals. Yeah. So, um, but no, he, he responded really well to Robin's uh, criticism, which was good. Yeah, I think good point. I think Robin's is quite maybe quite picky about who he who will yeah. criticize. He doesn't throw people under the bus a lot, yeah. uh, Matt, and. Um, I was surprised he did that, but he must know that the Gus can take it. 
And yeah. um, you've got to know your players, haven't you, when you're doing that? Absolutely. And um, Enos must know that maybe Gus needed a little bit of a rocket to get the best out of him. And it's certainly worked with that equaliser. And see both teams uh, from from watching the game looked like they felt they could pick up a winner in those last 20, 25 minutes or so. But maybe the game lacked a little bit of quality in terms of creating that final uh, clear-cut opportunity. But there was still to be one final big talking point, of course, with just under 10 minutes to go with, uh, as we previously mentioned, Fads not only appearing to handle the ball, but but making one of the saves of the season so far. Um, clear penalty? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. It was... <laughs> I don't know. The ref must have not seen. It must have been the other side or something. But he, he, I think he that's always, the thing, isn't it? Is yeah. kind of position against where the um, you know Fads is diving away from yeah. from the ref. So it's it's a poor decision. We can't get away yeah, from it. But if we're maybe giving him a little bit of a lifeline, it's you know on the on the field of play with a few players and the player himself mm. kind of in the way of the decision. It's maybe not the easiest one to 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 make but I did want to get your thoughts as well I don't know if you managed to hear some of Nathan Jones's post-game comments calling it a disgrace and oh I, po- I posted on our Twitter page yeah you know I saw it all yeah don't worry about it. but he <laughs> whines about he whines about anything doesn't he so you know there's no you know he'd whine on it if it was a sunny day in Ibiza so you know it's, it's not it's, it's no different to him whatever happens he was going to moan but yeah I, he has every right to moan but it's funny you know, with his yeah. squeaky voice. It's quite funny when he starts <laughs> moaning. It's, you know, I find it hilarious. But And also very selective. Because I do yeah. seem to recall them getting a couple of decisions over the last couple of seasons as well, which um, us, yeah, for them, probably yeah. a bit against dubious, us, yeah. but didn't mm. didn't seem to be as, as squeaky on those occasions as you, uh, no. as you nicely put it. So. No, but I'm sure he'll get over it. It's not a problem. But yeah, it, it was a pen. Uh, Fad's got away with one, but maybe that's the look we deserve after the opening weeks we've had of this season absolutely a little bit of luck which helped us to that 2-2 full-time score and obviously a point that probably at the start of the season against the Luton side had done so well last season and obviously on the back of last season's 5-0 hammering probably wouldn't have felt the worst to City fans even though we are obviously needing a win at the moment but just time to get your thoughts on a on a man of the match from this one Andy uh, I've got to go with Hamer um mm-hmm. I thought his overall performance was good and his goal was just sublime. Beautiful, beautiful goal curled into the top corner. Um, So, yeah, he's my man of the match, Matt. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And from there, it was another road trip for the Sky Blues as they went straight on to their sixth away fixture from the first seven games of the season. And it was that familiar trip over to St Andrews uh, to take on Birmingham City, former City man John Eustace, obviously taking the reins there now. Andy, again, talk us through the team here. Just the one change from the side that started against Luton with it obviously becoming an enforced change with Panzo coming in for Rose, but perhaps a start that his performance at Kenilworth Road would have earned him anyway. Yeah, I was happy with the team when I saw it. Um, you know, I looked at Twitter on, at two o'clock and I thought, yeah, no, that's as good as it gets at the minute for me. Yeah, I was really happy with the team. Matt, I thought he was good. Nice and solid. Yeah, I like that. Nice and solid. And a few options back on the bench as well, which is good to see. And a few on their way back, which is obviously encouraging as well. And City City certainly has had the better of the opening stages, but again, probably lacked that uh, little spark to create too many clear-cut opportunities. And it was actually the hosts 
who threatened most early on with a chance coming from the left-hand side. Chong making a really good run on the wing and obviously turning the ball back into the area. She was met perfectly by the run of Janino Bakuna, who fortunately, obviously for his Coventry fans, managed to smash the ball over the bar from just five yards out. This is a massive let-off for us, wasn't it, Andy? Huge house he missed. It's, it's pretty know, bad, isn't it? It was awful. Yeah, he's got quite a good technique because he does. He takes most of their corners and free kicks, doesn't he? So he was pretty instrumental in the in the assists. Obviously, it was Hogan Hattrick at, yeah. at West Brom, but yeah. I think pretty much two or three of them all came from Bakuna and really good assist as well. So as you say, mm. a really technical player. And I think everybody when he saw he was the man running onto it probably was was assuming the worst at that moment. Yeah, it was a shocking miss. I don't know how he's missed it to be honest, but. Again, the look we deserve, well, the look we earn a little bit, but, you know, yeah, he should, definitely should have put the Blues one little, yeah, 100% dreadful miss. Not too many chances really in the first half at either side, but focusing on Coventry, obviously, perhaps more in terms of long-range efforts coming in, particularly from midfield with Gus Hamer and Jamie Allen as well. Obviously, we can probably understand it with Hamer, who's on a high after that goal against Luton, but not really testing the keeper too much with too many of these efforts. Um, but just touching on maybe a bigger question here, Andy. Mm. Obviously, last season, one of the areas we I think it would be fair to say we struggled was goals from midfield. We we know yeah. that, you know, Giocarez and Godin both chipped in with a, a decent number themselves. We actually did end up with quite a few goals from defence as well with Iam yeah. Rose and McFadzine all getting multiple goals. And it was really that midfield area where we struggled to, to get on the score sheet. And I know O'Hare kind of started to, to make a bit of headway towards the end mm. of the season, but possibly that was the area which really kind of halted our, our push to be a serious contender for the playoffs. Mm. Is that something you think we've we've particularly addressed in the preseason? Do you think there's that's an area we're still going to struggle this season or is there maybe a bit of optimism that obviously potentially when O'Hare comes back as well, there's something where we can we can hopefully improve on this season? Um, I don't think we've addressed it. No, I think it's the same as what we had last season. Um, depends on O'Hare um, when he comes back, um, because I expect him to score a few more this season mm-hmm. and assist more as well. Um, and I think that's potentially more the thing in terms of kind of the development of certain players yeah. as well, because yeah. you know it is still relatively a, a young midfield there with um, with Hamer. Chief and O'Hare all in their early to mid 20s. So there is still ground for them all to improve. And I think, in particular, O'Hare is obviously missing at the moment. Yeah. Um, we know he had a number of guilt edge chances last season, but did seem to start putting that right towards the end of the campaign. So fingers crossed. And obviously, we have yeah, brought Palmer think, in as think, well. Yeah, I think, well, we'll get on to Palmer maybe later. <laughs> but um, definitely from O'Hare, I expect him when he comes back and gets up and running, he can score mm-hmm. more goals. If Hamer starts getting his shooting boots on and don't get sent off stupidly, yeah. and he's on the pitch more than the rest of the night, he's got the ability to score goals. Um, but again, I, I I think that's an area that we 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 need strengthening, um, Matt. If I'm being honest, I do think we need and will need more goals from midfield if we want to be pushing up the league. Yeah, hard to predict. If you want to be getting into the playoffs, Matt, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, if you want to be getting into those playoff spots, you need someone who's getting ten plus from midfield. Well, you need goals from everywhere, don't you? And obviously, we um, last season, as we say, you know, defence and, and attack weren't really an issue, but midfield no. was a 
was a real struggle. I know it's difficult to predict, obviously, at this stage of the season, we do still have a few months to go until the next transfer window. And it seems like Robbins probably isn't the biggest fan of, of free transfers. Do you think it is an area we potentially would address it in January or were you thinking it's probably going to be all focused on the defence with whatever little resources we Probably the defence, I would have mm. thought, Matt. I don't think he's going to strengthen. But then again, I don't know. It depends on Palmer because yeah. obviously he, he needs to step up now um, because, well, it depends on what Robbins does because he might go with Eccles, mm-hmm. but if he drops Allen back in with Sheaf, which I expect him to do, and it's going to be out of Palmer and Waghorn, I presume, in mm-hmm. that hole, the hole in the hole. And if Palmer starts, he, you know, we bought him for a reason. You know, he had a good pre-season. Everyone's pretty excited about him. But the lad, you can't get away from it. He hasn't played a lot of football over the last yeah. few years. And is there a reason for that? Is it just bad luck? But now it's time for him to step up because yeah. he needs to start finishing playing 90 minutes. Not 60 or coming on for half an hour, he needs to stop. We bought him for a reason. And there's no point buying someone and not playing them or playing them for 10, 15 minutes. He was bought with potential to play. O'Hare's injured. He's O'Hare's replacement, in my opinion. And he needs to step up and start playing and start contributing. Or what's the point of him being at the club? I think that's probably the surprising thing. When we we obviously brought him in, you thought at that stage, you know, before Hamer's injury, it, it felt like a really good option yeah. to bring off the bench to maybe change things around, maybe a bit more of a physical presence than O'Hare. So if we needed to, mm-hmm. you know, get into a situation where we needed to, to have a bit more of a, a target, a threat up front where we could, you know, don't want to say launch the ball, but but get the ball into those dangerous areas in a bit more regularity than than he was going to be the option but obviously we know O'Hare hasn't featured at all this season and Mm. probably a bit of a surprise to see that Palmer hasn't really been given that opportunity do you think and it is a obviously an important question now with the impending suspension to Hamer do you think he is going to get that opportunity or are are your thoughts that he's he's actually going to or Robbins is going to find another way around the situation I think he'll find another way around it I just I I really do yeah I just don't think he he trusts him to play 90 minutes and that's been proven he hasn't played 90 minutes yet this season has he uh no he hasn't no No. so that that proves it yeah I think he's trying to bed him in slowly Mm -hmm. but we can't the way we are in the league at the moment we need people of his ability to be playing you know and and contributing um but if Robbins, you know, wants to go a different way, if he wants to put Eccles in and play Allen still a little bit further forward, then that's fine. But again, is Allen going to get you many goals in that hole? Probably not. We need someone who's geared to be playing in that hole. And that's what Palm was brought into, wasn't it? To replace O'Hare and challenge O'Hare for his position. You kind of feel like almost, not saying it's a blessing in disguise, obviously, but maybe... Robin's hand a little bit more force now might Maybe. actually feel like he's he's forced to give him that run out and and obviously I don't know if it's a little bit of a confidence issue with him as you say he hasn't really played much football over the last couple of seasons but in a situation where you know, maybe Robbins can can give him that kind of arm around the shoulder to say look you are you are going to be an important player for us uh, uh, certainly over the next few games and you're going to have that opportunity hopefully he can step up and produce something but uh, obviously still remains to be seen as you say. Yeah, the jury's out on Palmer massively. Um, just because in flashes, he's looked pretty decent, to be honest. Um, yeah. He hasn't looked awful. He's looked pretty good. But 
there's just a nagging thing in the back of my head and thinking, well, why isn't Robbins playing him? Why is he not trusting him? You know, why has he not played football, that much football in the last two, three seasons? That kind of thing's in the back of my head. And I'm thinking, well, well, why did we buy him? If those things are in the back of my head, surely they're in the back of Mark Robbins' head. And it seems to be in the back of his head because he's not playing him. Yeah, it's uh, it's an unusual situation. We probably would have expected more game time from him mm. since O'Hare's been out. But as we said, what I think he's, he what he what we it was what he can't consider. I bet he wanted to bring him in. He thought obviously he knew obviously Palmer's situation of not playing much football over the last couple of seasons. He thought obviously O'Hare wasn't going to get injured, didn't he? So he probably thought, well, let's O'Hare will be playing nine times out of ten because he normally does because he doesn't get injured that often. Mm. And he probably thought with Palmer, we'll get him up to speed slowly. And yeah. unfortunately, with O'Hare's injury and now Hamer being missing for four games, it's like, ah, uh, we can't do that now. It's it's difficult one, isn't it? So it, it's, it, it's a situation that I'm afraid, because of the situation, he's, he's almost got to step up, like I said yeah. earlier. I'd be interested really to see how it pans out. It, it potentially does fail. I know it's it's a bit early to say, but it might be a bit of a, a make or break situation for him early in his career. And yeah. Obviously, might get him uh, onside with the fans, at least if we can see that effort and uh, mm. hard work in there. But remains to be seen. But going back to, obviously, the, the Birmingham game from, from Saturday afternoon, nil-nil at halftime, came back in the second half and kind of the exact opposite, maybe, in terms of how commentary came out against Luton wasn't really too much to write home about in the whole of the second half. Of the oh, dreadful, news. wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it not really much, much of the way in, in opportunities created. And it, if anything, it was... I thought Villa Southampton was bad on Friday night, <laughs> but that was, that was just, as, just was, as bad. Yeah, it was awful. Difficult watch, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. If a goal was going to come, it obviously looked like it was going to come at the other end. And thankfully, somebody who did step up uh, in this game was was Ben Wilson, who obviously mm. showcased why he's got the nod in in recent weeks with what I would say has been comfortably his, his best performance in a commentary shirt since coming into the side over the last few weeks with a string of solid saves in the second half. A few to pick out. First one mm. coming relatively early in the second half where Scott Hogan, the man in form, obviously, as we mentioned, getting that hat-trick at West Brom found himself in a worrying Vegas amount of space, space. In, yeah. in the city penalty area um, and flicked a, a decent header towards goal, but a really good reaction save, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good save. Um, and I'm pleased for Ben Wilson. Um, mm. He's waited his time. Yeah, yeah he, you know, with the mistakes of Moore, he deserves his chance. Um, mm. I was a massive fan of Moore last season, as you well know. Yeah. Uh, but the situation with him this season, that he had to be dropped. There was no other choice. Ben Wilson has never really been a first-choice keeper in his whole of his career. Mm-hmm. So he's got the bit between his teeth now. He sees the opportunity to be number one for the first time. And um, I think he's playing with that hunger. And you can see that, can't you, Matt? That he's playing with that hunger to be number one. Yeah. Because uh, he hasn't been at any club. And... Um, He's produced. He's producing really well. And that save was very, very decent. Very quick reaction save. And it's just not that save. His kicking's good. Yeah. You know, his presence, his, his commanding presence is decent. And, um, and if he keeps going the way he is, he'll cement the number one jersey. It's going to be hard for more, isn't it, coming, coming yeah. back into that uh, position? Obviously, you mentioned being quite a big fan and Moore was actually my Massive player of the fan. season at the end of last season yeah. so we obviously held him in in really high regard at Sky Blue Extra but mm. I think you have to agree it's you know impossible not to have given Wilson that chance really with regarding the first three games of the season and those 
mistakes from more and going back to this save i think probably what makes it really good and, and probably doesn't you know make it stand out as much as it should do usually when you're saving from a header it's a ball coming in from out wide and you yeah. kind of get an idea of where that ball's going you know a player is going to be ball ahead of them you, you know where their head's pointed in and where the ball's going to go this one's a really difficult one because it's almost a glancing flick off a, a cross and it's more just you have really got to guess where the ball's going to go so uh, a really impressive impressive save from Wilson but as we've seen throughout his career you know maybe he hasn't done it regularly but we know he's got that ability to to pull out some really impressive stops we've seen over his time with the club the last three or four seasons and what do you what do you think long term with with Wilson and Moore obviously for the rest of the season is it is that a case of it's now Wilson's to lose you think yeah 100% I think so yeah. um, I think Robbins is a fan of Wilson as well I think he likes him um, which helps Wilson's favour um, I think it's his to lose now um, yeah. as long as he keeps it solid and doesn't make any stupid errors I can see him continuing for most of the season and that's unfortunate on Moore, you know, like I yeah. said, we went over it, like you just said, he was like your uh, player of the season. I think he's up there with one of my player of the season last season. Mm -hmm. And But it's just, he just had a confidence uh, lost in me that unfortunately uh, had, you know, conceded those errors and uh, mm -hmm. he had to come out of the scene. But unless Wilson makes a, a rick or, or does anything stupid, I think he, it's his shirt to lose, uh, Matt, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you for the time being. And obviously a few more save from Wilson in that second half. Saw the game seemingly head towards a pretty bland goalless draw, but we were still to receive one big and um, really the main talking point of the game, obviously with just one minute of normal time to go. When that man, Gustavo Hamer, got himself involved again and received a straight red card for kicking out at Birmingham Loney, Hannibal Medjbury. Um, Again, Andy, no real arguments about this decision either. Not really. It's to be honest, I it's a weird one. I've, I've looked over this about 30 times. <laughs> and I don't know if he meant to kick him or not. Wow, but you've given generous. the ref, you've given the ref a chance, haven't you? You've given the ref an easy decision. It's right you? in front of a referee. Yeah, well, isn't it? and it's like he kicks out a little bit. It's not like a boot in the face, but he's he's the ref's always gonna say, you know, he's always gonna send him for that, isn't he? Yeah. Especially at their ground and they're paying for it, the fans and and with his record as well. I think you know, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, obviously don't know how much the, the ref might have researched him or or been aware mm. of his record. But I think from a from a Coventry fan point of view and, and knowing his record, uh, a situation like that doesn't doesn't quite feel like an accident when it's Hamer, does it really? Maybe not if it really. was Sheaf or somebody else, but yeah, with yeah, Hamer, yeah, yeah. you kind of think it's it, not too much of a... Do reckon it was because kicking. he was... Sorry, Matt, do you think it was no, because he was blowing? Because Robin said he was really tired and um, he was he was going to bring him off, wasn't he? Five yeah. minutes before, which he bloody had. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe it was because he was really tired and, he, you know, when you're tired and there's someone all over you and you just got a bit frustrated, I think that was more of what it was. Do you think also, I mean, Nate, I don't know if they say this is a concern for me. If you start to see teams are, are maybe getting that little bit of knowledge and, and doing their, mm -hmm. obviously their reconnaissance on him a little bit before games and thinking he's somebody you, you can you can get into his head. I think there are a few incidents with with Deeney earlier in that second half, which will wind yeah. him up and a few other bits and pieces. And, you know, whether it was a little bit of smart play from an experienced pro in Deeney, just, just getting in his head. Um, there were a few touch points in that second half and and potentially they've um 
you know, I, I mean, obviously he's, he's maybe the saving grace for us. It's come in the last minute. So mm. if they're trying to get him sent off, you probably think it, that they want to get it done a little bit earlier in the game, but it is obviously moving on in terms of his defense, sorry, his disciplinary record over his just over two seasons with the club. It is now 24 yellow and three red cards. As I say, just over two seasons at Coventry. It's a pretty horrific disciplinary record. I think it's fair to say. Um, do we think this is something we're just going to have to live with uh, as part of his game? Or do you think it's something he, he can work on? Or do you even think it's something that he particularly feels he, he needs to work on? Well, he needs to work on it because he's letting people down. I was one you of the things, the reason he's I mentioned four that, games now. Reason in I a situation, yeah, go on, you, go on. you think about his. Um, he, he gave a bit of an Instagram post, didn't he, after the red card against Millwall, where he, okay. you know, he, ob- he obviously apologized for the situation, yeah, but yeah. he, he kind of leaned into saying, you know, this is a, a part of my game in terms of me being able to, you know, have that presence and win the ball back and everything. I need that little bit of bite about me. And I, mm. I did think then when I saw that, you know. It's something that you feel like he does need to work on because, as you say, quite rightly, he's missing be over 50% of the season by the time this um, suspension is done that he will have missed now. So he needs to obviously take on that responsibility a bit more as one of the senior and, and probably the most important player in our team. But I don't know. There's there's a part of me which just worries maybe he doesn't doesn't quite have it in him to to feel like he needs to or wants to change that just because he's maybe concerned about how that might affect his game overall, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand that, but it's just the things he gets booked for is not, it's not being, because he's not being, it's just being bloody stupid. Yeah. You know, leaving footsing, getting silly yellow cards. Well, that's just stupid. It's not because you're being competitive or, you know, that's just, and like Saturday, that's not being competitive and not getting in the tap. It's just being bloody stupid. Mm. And like I said to earlier, I love Gustavo Hamer. He's probably one of the best players I've seen in the last 10 years at the club. Yeah. But at the moment, what would the situation we're in at the minute, where we're bottom of the league, struggling for points, and now we're missing him for four games, Matt? Yeah. You know, that for what? A mindless kick out. You know, no. if I was Robbins, I'd find him because he's let the club and the, and the fans down. Four games he's missing. And yeah, we no, haven't got the, we haven't got the squad or the depth to replace it. Well, this is the point, and I think from a, a fan point of view, we we obviously all feel that same level of frustration and anger because mm. we're just not in a situation to, you know, obviously have him missing for four games, especially for, for somebody who's uh, technically our best player. But just even from bodies on the ground and, and people in the squad, we just we aren't there at the moment to be to be losing players. But my concern is, does he does he think he needs that little bit of bite in his game to? Um, you know, to, to be able to to do what he does in the rest of the game, as it were, because, you know, there's there's obviously signs there in what he's said publicly. In fans are getting, maybe... I think, as well, fans are getting a little bit fed up with it now. Yeah. I think, you know... You did see that on, on Saturday. Yeah, I think everyone was a bit of a turn. Yeah, yeah, I think fans are... You know, yellow cards, you know, everyone used to laugh, always hate him as yellow card. He's got yeah. one again. You know, it's a bit of a yellow card bingo, weren't it? But now, you know, now he's getting sent off and missing four or five games when we need him. Mm. Fans, you know, they'll see through that. They're not stupid. And, you know, and there's a bit, a bit of a turn. If he keeps getting sent off, then Robin's got a major problem. It's uh, it's one thing, as you say, yellow cards, if you pick yeah. up one game suspension every, you know, 15 matches or something like that, not so bad. But 
as we say now, it's going to be, by the time he comes back, I, I do think it's over 50% of the season he will have missed just purely through suspension, not through unavoidable injuries or anything of that nature. It's it, And both situations were avoidable. Um, obviously, the Millwall game, it, it, I, I feel like most people would agree, it probably directly affected us coming when it did yeah. um, and almost certainly cost us points in that game. Probably a bit more fortunate this time, as we say, it came very late in the game. So It's going to cost us the next four games. It's, it's it's the next few games. It's, it's obviously going to be the problem for us, as you say. Which is going to be probably worse than losing to Millwall. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I felt that was a game that if he doesn't get sent off there, that's directly yeah. three points that we're obviously not, um, we're not throwing away there. I, you know, yeah, I think we've comfortably right. gone on to win the game. But as you say, in this game in particular, whilst Birmingham did put that pressure on, um, it came late enough where we were able mm. to, to obviously withstand the pressure and keep that clean sheet and get the point. But unfortunately, as you say, the next four games will be to be seen at this stage. And, and obviously, hopefully they can. Who would you play, Matt? Free. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably would drop Alan back myself. Um, and would I would play give in the Palmer a go. Palmer, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just think we've we've brought him into the club for a reason. And he, we, we know he has got a certain lev- level of pedigree. It's not like, as you say, in pre-season, he, didn't, he wasn't performing badly. He was probably one no, of the no, more exciting players. And whilst he probably hasn't fully carried that form into the, into the league so far, um, as we say, he hasn't really had a full 90 minutes or no. one or two games where he's been able to get into a bit of a rhythm which is why I feel almost again by no means a a blessing in disguise what's happened we would obviously take it back in a heartbeat but hopefully if he if it is almost forcing Robin's hand to give him a bit more game time situation whereby he can um, you know he he can get into his rhythm hopefully a bit more and and you know hopefully produce some of that form that um, you know we were all hoping to see off the back of his pre-season performances but yeah, how, how about yourself? What would you do? Yeah, I'd go with that. Like yeah. I said earlier about Palmer, I think it's time for him to step up. Um, Not too many other options as well, is No, there? there isn't. And <laughs> I think, yeah, it will force Robbins' hand because of obviously what's happened here. And, it's you know, it's exciting. Let's see what he can do. You know, like you said, he was good in pre-season. And, yeah. you know, when he's come on, he's looked okay. He hasn't looked awful. So... Mm-hmm. Let's give him, you know, all right, give him 60, 70 minutes, you know, run him into the ground and mm. then you can bring someone else on afterwards, get Eccles on, you know, with 30 minutes to go. But let's let's give him a couple of games and see what he can do. Mm. I think you know, important. interesting. I'm excited to see what he can do because no one's seen it yet. It, it, it will be good to see what he can do with the runner. Yeah. Important to, to mention as well, actually, with the, obviously the fact of the international break, but with it being four games and how far that is going to, go it you know mm. we're talking about a month's time we actually are probably talking about a period of time where we we might be seeing the return of a few players as well yeah um but they'll obviously still need to work their way back into full fitness once they're you know training fully as well so whilst we might have O'Hare in and around the squad and, and available I think there's still that opportunity for Palmer to you know grab the ball by the horns and, and show us what he could do but Unfortunately, with this one, the red cards um, is going to mean a four-game suspension for Hamer, but it didn't cost us too much, and and we were able to hold on for that nil-nil, and another relatively decent away point for for the Sky Blues here. So, Andy, again, give us your your man of the match for this one. Uh, for me, uh, Matt Ben Wilson. Yeah, um, I thought he made really good saves at important times. Yeah, and as a goalkeeper, that's all you can be asked of, and um, I think he played really, really well and. He's uh, starting to win win me over. I think he, he's looking very solid, and um, and that's good to see. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
Now, with no games to preview for the next couple of weeks due to an international break, it does give us a great opportunity to look at some of the important topics that are circling around the club at present. So, Andy, let's dive into a few of these. And obviously, first up, we've we talked about the defence um, in a bit of detail across the last two games. But just looking at it as an overall, it is now 13 goals, as we say, across the first seven games of the season. Um, defensive woes compounded by that sale of high late in the window. And obviously, Robbins had been keen to bring somebody in. But as we know, Brexit, the gift that keeps on giving, has put paid to that one, unfortunately. Um, Robbins has been vocal in the last week or so talking about uh, the fact that he doesn't really seem keen on bringing in anybody on a free transfer before January. So it is looking ever more likely that this is going to be what it is really until uh, that transfer window comes up. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that now. Obviously, we, we've heard his thoughts in a bit more detail. Is that something you understand? Obviously, you know, it does take free agents a, a bit of time to get up to speed in terms of the fact they haven't been playing or for you, is it is it a case of getting bodies into the club and and obviously just giving more options in the back. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't want to just sign someone for the sake of it. And I think that's what Robin's he's trying to say, isn't it? You know, he's, yeah. he said that they're free for a reason. <laughs> um, and you have to remember, Matt, that if they are free and they haven't been playing football, how long is it going to take them to get up to speed? You know, yeah. a lot of these free agents aren't going to have a pre-season under their belt, is it? Are they? Well, so yeah, how, none of them really. And that's, no, so that how long is he going to? They're not. You not, can't just drop someone in mm -hmm. and say, you know, play ninety minutes for us. It, it doesn't work that way, you know. So I can't see anyone coming in at the moment. Would I like to see someone come in? Yes, because we're so short. Mm -hmm. But that was what they were looking to do with that signing that that failed, wasn't it? Because of yeah. the obviously the the because um, he didn't play enough. At the top level, too much, didn't he? He got relegated. Something and like that. Then got relegated, and then it, obviously his points got off took off him. Yeah, and yeah. that's a shame because he looked a decent lad, didn't he? He looked had some potential, yeah. um, which was a real shame for us. But I think regarding this situation, you know, in an ideal world, I'd, I'd love to bring a couple in at the back because we need it. Because if we get a couple with injuries at the centre half, especially, and also left wing back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, if Bidwell gets injured, who's going to play left back? I left wing back. Is, I think this it's is like, the point. It's I can I can understand personally Robin's kind of comments in terms of a free transfer, yeah. as you say. You know, uh, they are free transfers for a reason. It's a it's a valid point, and they are going to take time to to get up to full speed. But we are almost in that situation now where you're looking at it and thinking one more defensive injury, and we yeah, are really we are really screwed. Um, yeah. So I don't know, difficult one, as you say, but it probably looks now, unless and you never know with Robbins, he's pulled a, pulled a few tricks on us in the past. But but what that, to that question, hmm. who would play instead of Bidwell if he got injured? <laughs> wow. Panzo, I think, is, is, is what people have said. Yeah. So you're probably then taking somebody out of the centre-back position. But he's not a left um, wing back, is he? It, it's not his natural position, but it's probably the, the area the only of cover one. that we've, oh, we've got at the minute. And then you're starting to, to kind of potentially pay, play people out of position uh, even more extreme because I think Panzo's known as being able to do a job over in that part of the pitch, but it's yeah. certainly not his, his natural position. But more than anything, as you say, it's almost you feel like with Panzo, maybe with Doyle, we're starting to get hopefully a little bit of stability yeah, in that centre-back right, position. Yeah. You don't want to see, you know, Bidwell get injured, as you say, and then have to not only play somebody out of position at left wing back, but also 
you know mess up that that consistency that we're hopefully starting to see at center back so it's and that for me is why uh, obviously a couple of situations we know with the the transfer who's not coming but with adam arola as well who yeah i think a lot of us probably felt when he did go was was exciting that situation at the start i thought he would be a really good signing he just didn't settle did he didn't settle and i thought you know because he probably hadn't settled as people expected I, i think a lot of people thought it was our decision to to let him go back mm. but it transpires that it was actually palace oh, recalling him because he hadn't played enough game time so obviously if you take the the situation with the signer we've not been able to get in and the fact that adam arola has gone back and it really starts to to highlight what what robbins is dealing with here because we know he he's at least two players short of even having a you know a, a decent well-rounded number of options at the back so yeah difficult one and you know hopefully probably a little bit fortunate actually with international breaks and obviously impending tournaments and everything else coming up that we're going to have so, a few breaks before we get to yeah we're saying that Matt, to how, how many games have we got to play in the next there's a few <laughs> that's what i mean yeah so it's if we get one. i mean it's going to be we hope mm-hmm. that Injuries don't, you know, but I suppose that's looking in too far in advance, but it is a little bit worrying looking at our squad and the depth that with these glutch of games coming after this international break. Mm-hmm. If we get like one or two injuries, like we are in serious trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So we've just got to try and hope for the best that we can get to the World Cup or whatever happens to the break or whatever happens, you know, yeah. and then we can, without any injuries, because if we do get to some injuries, we're in, we're in deep trouble. Yeah, certainly clinging on at the moment, and it's it's not ideal. And I think you know we can we can all see Robbins has been dealt a pretty bad hand on this one. Maybe a bit more positive news in terms of some of the existing yeah. injuries that we do have, and we touched on it earlier on. Obviously, Liam Kelly and in particular Callum O'Hare seem to be close to making a return to the squad, um, which obviously will now come after the international break. Don't know exactly how long it will come after that international break, but obviously positive news because you know initially certainly again with O'Hare rumours that he might not have been seen before the World Cup so mm. for you and we talked earlier obviously about kind of that spark in terms of lacking you know maybe something to be able to create those real clear-cut opportunities how massive and it seems like an obvious question but how massive in, in particular is O'Hare returning to this team going to be? Huge absolutely massive he's pivotal to how we play not just his forward play, but the way he works back for the team. Mm-hmm. He's the best in the league at doing that. Um, he's pivotal to what we do. You've, you've seen it, the way we've struggled without him. Yeah. It's not just his play on the pitch. It's his you know, aura around the dressing room. He's brilliant mm-hmm. around the dressing room. He's a live wire, gets everyone going. It's a bit of an iconic figure at the moment for the Sky Blues, and we've badly, badly missed him. And like you say, he just so resembles this season and how unlucky we've been that he hardly gets ever injured, does he? And now he gets a massive tear of his hamstring, you know, that he's probably never had ever in his career. So it just kind of like sums our season up so far. But let's try and stay positive, which we always try to do on this channel. And I think getting yeah. back and getting firing, and he's, he's massive to us, uh, Matt. And um, if we can get him back soon and... Uh, get him up to speed, yeah, he's going to be like signing a, a brand new 10 million player. Well, as well as, I have to say, it's one of those things, kind of the old cliche, but him coming back is going to be like a a high profile signing, which, yeah. you know, whenever it does happen, it's going to, it's going to boost the club, going to boost the fans, um, 
you know, it's going to boost everybody. And it's almost certainly going to be a home game as well, because mm. it's pretty much is going to be home games around that period of time. So let's hope that obviously has. When is he going to be back, Matt? Do we know? I know I've looked at a few things. It's not, I said after the international break, but I don't think it's going to be straight after that, do you? Well, yeah, I mean, he was quite ambiguous again, Robbins, in, in terms of saying, you know, when he'll be back. He, he just said it's positive in, yeah. in that he's going to be back ahead of schedule and, and it's going to obviously be back a lot sooner than we thought after the international break. So I don't think it will be, you know, the first game or two because he's obviously got to get up to speed and, you know, we might see him kind of ease back into the fold a bit. But yeah, probably probably two, three games after the international break, I think we're, we're looking at him being involved at least. Again, maybe not starting, which is why we've talked about Palmer as well, because I still think there is going to be an opportunity for him to get, you know, two, three games under his belt. And, and obviously it can be massive for us, but um but yeah, looking looking obviously positive and him being back earlier than than predicted initially. And obviously we, we will mention Liam Kelly as well, you know, with the situation with Hamer ongoing as it is at present and really kind of not being able to predict when he might be able to get a good run of games. So what are your thoughts there? Obviously, Liam's been at the club and he's been a fantastic servant for a number of years now, but he is obviously over 30 now, so he's what we would consider on the, the downward scale, but how important do you think he might be for the, for the rest of the season? Yeah, we're a big fan of uh, Cows on this podcast and yeah, he, he's, he's vital for his leadership. Um, his quality in front of the back three will be, you know, has been missed. Um, yeah. You know, um, but it's just his injury record recently has been torrid, hasn't it? Bless him. And um, I feel for him. Because when he does play, we we look good. And um, but yeah, like you say, he's he's making his way back. I think he's on the grass now, as Robin says. So um, hopefully, it won't be too long until and we could do with him because not just because of his play, his leadership qualities. Him and Fads are the main two big leaders, aren't they, of our team? And yeah. to have them playing will only benefit us. And to have him around the, the squad, and the, yeah, the team on, in the match day area uh, would yeah. really benefit us almost feels more important than actually the the playing side of things in a way at yeah. the moment because it, it does feel like you know those kind of voices maybe are um being missed at, at some certain moments of game so hopefully fingers crossed with Liam Kelly coming back in as well and, and just finally before we wrap up this evening good opportunity again before the international break to, to have an honest assessment of the first period of the season obviously a, a shorter one for the Sky Blues against their championship rivals so bit different to or a bit difficult to compare fully against the rest of the division um of course i don't think anybody's going to say it's been a great start to the season with us sitting bottom of the table and winless in those first seven games but also trying to put a little bit of a positive spin on there it is three draws from six away games and you look at those three other games that we've lost obviously norwich aside two of the games really there were opportunities there for us to get points and we haven't really been blown out and out of any of those other games other than the Norwich one but again can't get away from the fact that we are winless seven games into the season so Andy what are your thoughts seven games in of, of where we are now in, and maybe a little bit of a not mid-season but 25% of the way through season um, prediction of, of where you think we might end up well it couldn't have gone any worse really could it Matt let's be honest <laughs> Uh, with the situation and everything, um, which I don't really want to go over because it's just boring. Um, but you know, it's been it's not been great. Um, but let's try and what, 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 there has been 
you know, a few shoots of recovery signs mm-hmm. over the last couple of games, which I'm hanging on to. Um, you know, before the uh, Luton game, I was I was really, really worried about mm-hmm. our situation. Um, yeah. But, you know, the last two games have given me a little bit more hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some, you know, good displays. Um, I've yeah. seen a little bit of grit, a bit of fight. Um, I know Robbins has mentioned that they had a bit of a chat, didn't they? Um, mm. As a club. A bit of a clear the air. A bit of a clear the air chat, which never, you know, does them any harm. I think they had mm. one, you know, when we got, I think previously when we got hammered by QPR, you know, the yes. first season we were back yeah. at, you know, in the uh, championship, mm-hmm. they had a bit of a, a clear the air chat there. And I think we've had something similar. Mm. And you see, you've seen it's definitely worked. Um, the last two games have been good. You know, Luton away is never easy to go to. And, and you know, Birmingham, you know, they won their last two games before sat, before we played them. You know, good wins as well, Preston mm-hmm. and, and West Brom. So, you know, there are shoots of recovery. Um, and I think that's what we've got to hang on to as fans, isn't it, Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Hamer situation doesn't help. It really doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got to stick together. You know, as a, as a fan base um, and as a team, and really try and get out of this situation we're in. This talk of silly talk of getting rid of Robbins is ridiculous. Absolutely, he's the best manager we've had in years. That's not the answer. Yeah, we have to stick together. We have to get down against Middlesbrough in our numbers at the CBS and back the manager and the team because that's the only way we're going to get out of this mess is by sticking together. And if we stick together and we've got the quality to score goals in this team, and if we just defend a little bit better, which we have done in the last two games, we can get results. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of that. Well, I think that uh, that rallying call is probably <laughs> the perfect way to, to finish this evening's podcast, Andy. You know, not much I can I can follow up with there. And I agree with, you know, the sentiment, I think. You know, a couple of couple of little tweaks, and obviously a couple of players coming back, and we'll we'll be absolutely fine. I've I've got no yeah. doubt myself as well. So got to stay positive in life, Matt. Yeah, got it. Yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> well, that's as I say, all we've got time for this evening. Thanks to to Andy for your time tonight, and again, as sure. always, thank you to everybody for for tuning in and giving us a listen. As mentioned, there is a two-week break now until we see the Sky Blues back in action. However, there will be plenty of football in that time. And as ever, the Sky Blue Tavern and Dillon's Brewery are the perfect location to watch all the international action. As always, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBEpodcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.